Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Greetings, programs, and welcome to another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. I don't know about you, but currently I think we're living on the surface of the sun because it has been hot as hell outside lately. Well, your job doesn't help with that. No, it does not. (laughs) <laughs> and the poor, the poor, my poor air conditioning in my apartment is just running nonstop because I have a two story townhouse and the upstairs is always 20 degrees hotter than downstairs. So I have to keep it like just to keep it comfortable upstairs. It has to be a meat locker downstairs. So that's how that's that, how I roll. <laughs> that's not a bad thing, though. I would much rather have a cold house than a hot one. Yeah. I my AC has been finicky the last couple of weeks. So I came home. I think it was Saturday or Sunday, and it was like eighty five degrees in my house. So yeah, it it was (laughs) as we like to say on the show, it was nasty. It was nasty. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I hear you know you sent me the news last night that the baseball season is officially nixed. Yeah, I guess I should talk about that, shouldn't I? So it's something that we've, at least I have known, at least in the back of my mind for a while. You know, the season didn't start in April. We thought, well, maybe maybe mid-May. Then we got to late April, and baseball just couldn't come to an agreement and all that type of stuff. But I I figured around mid-May, when things just were at a standstill, I was like, the season's not going to happen like we've all kind of known it in the back of our mind but as we're recording this it was officially announced yesterday that major league baseball they've come to an agreement that they're going to play a 60 game season but they will not be supplying players for minor league teams Hmm. which means that the 2020 minor league baseball season has been officially canceled which i'll say this and i know i've kind of voiced my complaints about my opinions about work and whatnot, but it sucks for a lot of people because there are going to be quite a few teams that do not survive the pandemic, which means a lot of people are going to be out of jobs, which I, I'm never for, you know, it, that, that in a sense does suck because, you know, we've been doing things like trivia, like showing movies and things like that to still essentially stay in business. Yeah. We're not going to make as much money as we would, if baseball were around, but it still keeps us afloat. A lot of teams aren't able to do that. So I, my, my heart goes out to my fellow minor league baseball employees that, you know, have, have been hit really hard by this pandemic. Yeah. Looks like we're about to hit wave two. So I don't know if we're going to, we're probably going to start shutting down again here pretty soon. If we ever get through wave one. Yeah. Well that, you know, Heck, my state's going to destroy the entire country. I mean, we 
there's a gif that I sent. I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, but it's a gif of Bugs Bunny from an old Looney Tunes cartoon Break cutting song. Florida off of <laughs> yeah. Like that's just gonna happen. Yeah, at some screw point. screw We're, putting a wall around uh, Mexico. Put a wall around Florida, man. Just let me get out first. <laughs> you can go stay over here. Yeah, <laughs> I'll rent out the second floor. Yeah. Um, not much going on here. I mean, other than work and um. I beat Mega Man the other day yep. on my stream, and uh, a couple of our listeners were there to watch. And that was fun, so the, tonight should be a pretty good pretty good review. And uh, I don't really have too much else to say other than uh, we got a lot of news to get to, so I'm, I'm ready to get to the news if you are. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do this. From NintendoLife.com, this is actually really cool. A uh, fan turns broken SNES into a working Switch dock. Even the eject button kind of works. Uh, it, if you fancy a new project to take on while you're stuck at home, or if you happen to have a broken Super Nintendo already lying around, perhaps it's time to turn one into a custom, fully working Switch dock. Um, his name was uh, Imok Ruok. I M O K R U O K worked on a broken SNES, which transformed the faulty console into a fully functioning dock. Um, he is, uh, uh, let's see, he's looking for Super Nintendos on eBay to do the same thing. He says the project took around 35 to 40 hours in total, providing a list of tools used and estimated costs over on Reddit. The transformation not only included a place for the Switch console to sit, um, which can even be lifted about half an inch using the Super NES eject button, but also has a place to attach the Joy-Con while they're not in use. And um, it shows you some pictures of the things he's done to it, where you, you put the actual Switch down into the cartridge slot. It has slots on the sides where you put the... Uh, the Joy-Cons, and it's really, really cool. If I had about 35 to 40 hours to dump into it, I would I would do this for myself. Oh, absolutely. This this thing looks amazing. Yeah, it does. That looks like a lot of soldering and, <laughs> and uh, a lot of work went into that. Something that I'm not nearly coordinated enough to do. Yeah, but same here. Major, major props to those who can do it and props to this guy who did it because yeah. you, you got to go look at the article just to see the photo alone. Like the final product yeah. looks great. Just looks so cool. And that was like a new super Nintendo too. doesn't have that mm -hmm. discoloration that most super Nintendos have. This is like the ultimate mashup for me. Yeah. <laughs> the switch and the super Nintendo. It's absolutely amazing. So I, I love hearing stories like this. And I mean, now is, you know, the time where people have the time to do projects like this because some are still working from home. Yeah. Rampage said they made it a city ordinance for them to wear public uh, masks in public places today. Uh, well, that's pretty much ha going to happen everywhere now because nobody listens. No one listens. Yeah. <laughs> Pensacola upheld. So they, they made a ruling, I think, earlier this week that everyone who is within city limits, if you're out in public, <clears throat> you have to wear a mask. And of course, people were complaining about it, but the city upheld it. So yeah, I'm that. I was like, you actually do something that makes me happy for once. 
But uh, our next story comes to us from Kotaku.com. Nintendo president apologizes for Joy-Con trouble. During a recent financial Q&A, Nintendo finally apologized for issues caused by Joy-Cons but will not comment further due to the current class action lawsuit. Players have been dealing with what's called Joy-Con drift, as Kotaku previously reported, stating how it was becoming a real problem. Last year, a class action lawsuit was filed with Nintendo accused of not disclosing the defective Joy-Con controls. Nintendo was asked about this during this month's financial meeting. A questioner mentioned hearing the class action lawsuit over Joy-Con malfunction and wanted to know what Nintendo was doing to improve the product. Uh, Nintendo president said, regarding the Joy-Con, we apologize for any trouble caused to our customers. We are continuing to aim to improve our products, but as the Joy-Con is the subject of a class action lawsuit in the United States, and this is still a pending issue, we would like it to refrain from responding about any specific actions. So I I give them credit for finally saying something. We talked about this a while back on the show, I think. Well, this started, what, like a year or two ago that that all the, the drifting started to happen. Luckily... Mine hasn't started to drift yet, although I've had a couple of uh, uh, a couple of um, pro controllers that started to drift. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Because right now, if if your Joy-Con breaks, all the the um, the facilities that fix them are closed for COVID. So yeah, I don't know what people are doing for that. Yeah, luckily I haven't had any Joy-Con issues or Pro Controller, so I, I do consider myself fortunate in that. But you know, hopefully it will be something that you know is fixed sooner rather than later. I mean, it, I I don't want to try and say this as kind of like a blanket statement, but I think it does apply. Which you mentioned, you know, facilities being closed due to COVID, it's affected everything. So it's it's like what can you really do right now? Yeah. I don't know. But I, I do just, give Nintendo credit for saying yeah. something, finally. Keeping my fingers crossed, because I do play my uh, Switch a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, I've been playing through um, Sonic Mania again. Yeah. I just did uh, finish uh, my second playthrough of it, so I, I've been getting back into into the Switch. Yeah. Uh, See, so for our next story on NintendoLife.com, Herzog's Way is the next Sega Ages classic to come to the Switch. Um, Sega has confirmed that Technosoft's seminal RTS title, Herzog's Way, is the next game in the Sega Ages treatment on Switch. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, initially announced for the Switch back in 2019, Herzog's Way originally launched on the Sega Mega Drive Genesis in 1989 and is cited as an inspiration by the developers of games like Dune 2, Warcraft, Command & Conquer, and StarCraft. I'm interested in getting this because I used to hear a lot about this game back in the day. Even though yeah, I never same. had a, Z- a Sega Genesis, I saw this advertised everywhere. Yeah, same. I-, I never played it. I know the name, but now that it's getting the Switch treatment, I'm I'm down to play it. Yeah, it has such a strange name that it's hard to forget. You know, like even as a kid, I was like, "How do you pronounce that?" Yeah, I, I hope it's <clears throat> Herzog's way. Yeah, because I can make some really corny jokes on that, <laughs> which I will refrain from doing here. But uh, no, but I I would be I'd be interested in playing this. How much is nine hundred ninety nine yen? Because it doesn't say Let's how much see. it is in American. Stand by. 
twenty bucks you says it's like ten bucks. You said nine ninety nine. Yeah, nine hundred nine hundred ninety nine yen. That equates to, if this is correct, nine dollars and thirty cents American. I kind of figured that, so I figured it'd be ten bucks when it comes to America. Yeah, which I think isn't that bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, did you Let's want me to see. do this next one, and then you do the the story after that, since that's the one that's upsetting you the most? <laughs> sure. Uh, this isn't really a story. This is just a a Kickstarter alert. Um, this was sent to us by who sent this? Uh, uh, Sergeant Sketch. S Sergeant Sketch sent this to us. Um, uh, it, it is the NES Omnibus Volume One Deluxe Hardcover Nintendo Book. Um, they're looking. He was looking for uh, two thousand dollars, I think, for this, and they're, he's up to eighteen thousand one hundred and seventy-two dollars. Um, the actual mock-up of it looks pretty good. Uh, it says featuring a robust, hugely entertaining twelve hundred word foreword by the Goldberg's creator and producer Adam F. Goldberg. The NES Omnibus is the follow-up to the critically acclaimed two-volume SNES Omnibus set. Um, this one will be well over 400 pages, feature more than 2,000 full-color photos and more than 220,000 words, and boasts the writing of numerous industry pros and personalities who tell their nostalgic stories, some funny, some sad, all memorable, of playing games on the respective Nintendo console. Um, it, I was trying to look when the end, when this Kickstarter ends, but I, it doesn't say. Yeah, I looked for that as well. I looked all through this article, all through this Kickstarter yesterday. I couldn't find an actual like time on it, but it was last updated today. So I imagine it can't be going on for too much longer. It doesn't say yeah. when it was launched. But if you're this, if you're interested, it, yeah, just go uh, on Kickstarter and look for NES Omnibus Volume One, and in parentheses A through L. Yeah, it looks great, and there's some really cool artwork that's yeah. on the article as well that has all your iconic Nintendo characters like Mario, Mega Man, Link, Samus, Kirby. Uh, it says here on the different pledges, if you pledge $15 or more, you get a shout-out and a plug on his YouTube channel. Oh, cool. And the estimated delivery is July of 2020. So, Oh, so there, it's probably already written and ready to go. Um, yeah, the estimated delivery for the book is December of this year. Yeah. Uh, I'd be interested see. in reading it because uh, stuff like this is is really cool. And you know, just, just to have like the, the detailed information that this is going to have is really cool. So I guess the only tier that you actually get the actual book is the $50 or more. Yeah, you get yeah because if you only pledge five, you get a thank you and a thank you in the actual book. Yeah, yeah, you have to pledge fifty or more because if you get yeah. if you pledge fifty, you get the signed hardcore uh, hardcover book. Yeah, because it jumps from um, fifteen to fifty. There is no tier in between there. Yeah. Oh, I I'd be interested in reading this. This looks so cool. I'd love to have it. It looks gorgeous. Yeah, it does. But yeah, if you're interested, just go on there. It's uh, like I said, it's uh, NES Omni Omnibus Volume One, and in the address it says Kickstarter.com/slash/projects/slash/Brett Weiss NES One, 
Uh, it's B-R-E-T-T-W-E-I-S-S-N-E-S-1, the number one. And I would think with the, the huge success it's had, there's got to be a volume two Kickstarter oh, yeah. coming down the line at some point. Yeah, he's already up to almost 20 grand, uh, and he all, all he was looking for was two grand, so blew yeah. past that goal. Absolutely. Good on him. Yeah. Whew, here we okay. go. I'm going to step back for this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit here. I, I randomly found this on Facebook the other day because someone had shared it. I don't remember who it was, but I, I don't think it was one of those posts that, you know, agreed with this article one way or the other. It was just, uh, hey, this is out there. Yeah, I saw it a few times today being retweeted. So, so this has nothing to do with retro games. But I know you and I are both huge Star Wars fans, so I thought it would be interesting to share. Absolutely. So this comes to us from Cosmic, CosmicBook.News. The headline simply reads, Disney resetting Star Wars and erasing Last Jedi. So initially I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, are we still on this kick here? I mean, I... But I was, I did okay, read this whole thing, and honestly, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos of people who have in, inside information and stuff like that, and it is kind of, I do believe it is true that Disney is trying to push um, Kathleen Kennedy out of the way and make um, uh, uh, Favreau. Favreau the head of Lucasfilm. So I do believe there is sort of a internal war going on in Disney right now, but I don't know if they're going to completely reboot the new trilogy. That that's just that's a little too much. So I'll I'll paraphrase this article because it it is pretty lengthy. Essentially, there's a rumor out there that as Jason mentioned that there is an internal war between Kathleen Kennedy and John Favreau, which I agree with you, I think is true. Whether that's for the better or for worse, the only thing I'll say is I've really liked what Favreau has done with The Mandalorian, and I think that's, at least short term, I think the series aspect is what needs to be done with Star Wars for the time being. But essentially, there's a rumor going around and the rumor comes from, and I'm reading this verbatim, the future ruler of Earth, the Doomcock Overlord DVD <laughs> YouTube channel. Uh, so sounds he, reputable. He, yeah, yeah. So he he is claiming that Disney is going to essentially retcon the entire Disney sequel trilogy. Uh, it says here that he previously provided Rise of Skywalker spoilers and prior to Marvel Studios announcing a new director and writing team on the Captain Marvel sequel said there were all kinds of problems at Marvel with Brie Larson and Captain Marvel. So basically, this is the story reason as to how the reset would happen. And it involves Emperor Palpatine. Mm -hmm. So... Again, I'm reading this verbatim. Emperor Palpatine had a room on the second Death Star called the Room of Mirrors. The mirrors were created by the Emperor prior to the Death Star through the dark side using ancient Sith rituals. These mirrors linked to the Veil of the Force serve many purposes. 
Using them, Palpatine could manipulate the Force in many ways to further his aims. For example, the use of the mirrors allowed Palpatine to cloud the Jedi Council to conceal himself and his dark apprentices from the Jedi and from Force sensitives that followed their fall. So he's going on to claim that a second set of mirrors existed on Exegol. And essentially, all you would have to do is stop the Emperor from traveling between one mirror and another. And it would reset the timeline. Dude, this so is, here's how are you going to get people to go along with this? That is so convoluted. <laughs> so here's my thing. Why are we still on this subject? <laughs> the Last Jedi came out three years ago. Yeah. It ain't changing. It happened. You can't make it go away. No. Because here, and this, it's these types of people that make Star Wars fans like you and I and other people that we know, you know, in our circle of friends, it makes them look bad because people assume yeah. that all Star Wars fans are like this. And I will read the one sentence that completely discounts this whole thing, in my opinion. No Disney sequel trilogy, and this, this is the guy's writing here. This isn't like reporting facts. No Disney sequel trilogy. Han doesn't walk stupidly into a lightsaber. <laughs> Leia doesn't fly like Mary Poppins through space. Luke has nothing to run away from and consumes no green milk. And I am informed there will be no amazing Wonder Ray as she was born after the Emperor's death. So after that, I was like, okay. This is not you reporting facts. This is writing your opinion because chances are you probably sit on your computer all mm -hmm. day and complain about how these movies weren't exactly how you thought they would be. So here, basically what I'm trying to say is you guys have got to move on <laughs> from this. Are the Disney sequels perfect? Absolutely not. I still prefer the originals to all three of the, the new Disney films. Yeah. But they're not bad movies. But here's the thing. I mean, Mandalorian's great. You know, uh, yeah. Rebels is great. Clone Wars is great. Go enjoy all that. There's so much yeah. more of it than three Disney movies. And to be honest, I don't see them really continuing that story anyway. That because I think done. they're going to move on and do and to do other things. And plus, you know, you've got. Go ahead. I want to see more stuff like the Mandalorian. I don't need to have Jedi all over the place. I want to see the the smugglers and the bounty hunters. I want to see the dark, dirty underworld of Star Wars. Star Wars universe. You know, that's what well, I'm interested in. Well, and I was having this conversation the other day. I think short-term, what Star Wars needs to do is they need to focus on making eight-episode series like they did with The Mandalorian. And if mm -hmm. they spawn into multiple seasons, great. If they're just eight episodes, then they're just eight episodes. Yeah. But you could do so many things. You could do Bounty Hunters. You could do Rogue Squadron. You could do... You I mean, we've got Obi-Wan that's still going to come out at some point. So yeah. there's hundreds of stories that you can tell. But I think Star Wars needs to take a break from movies for a bit. Do a uh, animated, you know, computer generated animated series about the adventures of of Luke Han and Leia, like throughout yeah. 
the original trilogy timeline and bring in Timothy Zahn to write it. Like, what you know, why not? Yeah, exactly. And Mark Hamill can do uh, Han Solo's voice and Luke's voice. <laughs> yeah. You ever heard his I mean, Han Mark Solo Hamill impression? Could whole, he could do the whole cast, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Bringing Billy Piper to do uh, Princess Leia's voice, or, or that is her name, right? Billy Piper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrie Fisher's daughter. Why not? I would do that. I would watch that. <laughs> My point is, people have got to stop. They got to let it go. Yeah, you've got to let it go. Like the movies happened, and to be honest, I think it would be pointless to erase all three of them. Yeah, because it's like, what? Well, then what are you gonna do? Because I don't see Harrison Ford coming back to reprise Han. Carrie Fisher's gone. Yeah. Mark Hamill has said that he's done playing Luke Skywalker. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> you, just, you guys just gotta you gotta move just... on, man. <laughs> you got. I mean, it was geez, it was three years ago. I gotta clip that out and just put it in our uh, uh, our soundboard. Gotta move on, man. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta let it go. Well, and plus, even the headline it, it makes it a point to mention erasing Last Jedi. I hate to break it to you, Mr. Doomcock or whatever your name is. <laughs> that movie was the best of that entire trilogy. Yeah. And I will debate anybody on that. Well, it's like I told uh, uh, Steve Wise, most people don't understand how to write. And it's called character arc, people. <laughs> you know. Well, I said this to him the other day, too. It's so much easier for people to talk about it and critique it than to actually do it. Yeah. If you if you don't like it, go and write one yourself. Yeah. It's that simple. There's this thing called fan fiction. Yeah. Well, not only that. You if, can you, write. if you think you can do a, a better job than the people at Disney, then write up a, a script, bring it to them, and if they buy it, you know, more power to yeah. you. So if, if this guy does that and he ends up getting a script made, then I will publicly come back on the show and yeah. apologize. <laughs> Just uh, if you if you take a script to Favreau, I hear he's a big fan of Cuban sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Cuban sandwiches are good. I could go for a Cuban sandwich right now. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm starving <laughs> right now. Um, anyway, I'll I'll move on from my soapbox. Uh, I, I just I had to throw that in there because I had to talk about it at some point. Just because I I read it and it just made me physically angry. Yeah. Well, we had we've had a lot of news tonight. We got one more story to get to, and I think we're actually gonna um, we might have to skip uh, this month in video game history. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Because we're gonna get to the uh, the review, and then at nine o'clock tonight, we're doing another uh, trivia contest. Yeah, I got I got to get ready to uh, wipe the floor with Tyler Watson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for our last story tonight, uh, this got sent to us uh, via email by Carlos Longoria. Uh, Beavis and Butthead a reboot officially announced from ComicBook.com. Um, fans will always look back on MTV's Beavis and Butthead series fondly, but it's been quite some time since we've seen the pair. That's all changing as Comedy Central and original series creator Mike Judge will be teaming up to relaunch the franchise with two new seasons and new spinoffs and specials. Judge will write, produce, and voice the show, which will have the duo entering a whole new Gen Z world that the network says are relatable to fans of the original show and those who never got a chance to experience it. There's no word on when the series will debut on the network, 
but they couldn't be more thrilled about having it as part of the Comedy Central family. I'm actually uh, good with this, especially Mike Judge doing it old school. Like, he's coming back to do it. It's not new people. It's him. And that's why I'm for it. Like, if it was a new group that was doing it, I yeah. would say absolutely not. But since it's Mike Judge, yeah, and why not? And I, I mean, hope honestly, it, why not? I hope they don't change the animation style either. I hope it's still that kind of crappy, like <laughs> real early nineties, yeah, animation. really cheap animation. Like that's what made it for for me. I haven't watched Beavis and Butthead in a long, oh, long man. time. I used to have VHS tapes filled with Beavis and Butthead, especially when because MTV would just do like play Beavis and Butthead all weekend long. Like every weekend, so I would just pop in a VHS tape and just let it run for like six hours. Yeah, it would end. Pop in another one. Man, I love Beavis. No, the movie's great too, and the soundtrack was awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I'm all for this. You know, since Mike Judge is coming back, I I'd be very curious to see what he does with it. Yeah, me too. Uh, and, and Mike Judge is one of my favorite writer directors too. Like that that dude's always got something good to say. And not only that, but he's a he's a freaking Nostradamus man. If you go back and watch, uh, um, oh crap, uh, Idiocracy, <laughs> you're seeing yep. we're living it right now. Yep. Just waiting for Luke Wilson to be president. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we go into the review for tonight, Derek has some shout outs. Yes. So as always, we like to give a shout out to our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Armez Jackson, Xblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, aka Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, S. Sergeant Sketch, and Randy Bailey. And because you guys got us back to the $50 level, you have been graced with the commentary <laughs> track that you have all wanted. <laughs> Double Dragon. Everyone wanted, but no one asked for. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, um, it's it, it's up on the Patreon site right now, uh, and if you want access to it early, a week early, um, you have to be at least a one dollar supporter on the Patreon page. So if you want to get access to those extra episodes a week early, head over there and, and throw us a buck a month. If not, you're going to have to wait for it. I think what I might do, because we talked about this actually on that episode, I'm going to post a poll on Patreon later this week. Um, I actually might do it uh, tonight, but uh, you guys will get to decide our next commentary track. So Patreons be on the lookout for that. But if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And tonight we're going to be talking about... Mega Man for the NES was originally known as Rockman in Japan. It is a 1987 action platformer video game developed and published by Capcom for the NES. It was directed by Akira Kitamura with Nobuyuki Matsushima as lead programmer and is the first game in the Mega Man franchise and the original video game series. 
Uh, it was produced by a small team specifically for the home console market, a first for Capcom, who previously focused on arcade titles. Um, and now, uh, we, I, I just want to first go uh, straight into this. I'm going to put something up on the screen right here. Oh, boy. <laughs> that is... Uh, whoo, man. If you're watching on Twitch right now, look at that artwork, man. Isn't Best that art ever what is happening here like let's let's review this for a second <laughs> you know i feel like if i had some type of um herbal enhancement <laughs> i could probably be entertained by this for at least an hour I, i'm not even i'm not high and i could look at this for hours just trying to figure <laughs> out what's going on here like look at look at his look his right leg is backwards you know what it re would remind me of? You do you remember those old um, like little mini books you would get that would have the weird patterns and you like put your face yeah. up to it? Yeah. And it's like, oh, look for the penguin, <laughs> or look for the bird. You know what this looks like? This looks like a uh, a burnout ninth grader or eighth grader that like failed like three or four times. This is what he would draw like on his folder or his trapper keeper back in middle school. So I'm terrible at drawing, and I actually took a couple of art classes in college, and I can honestly say with full confidence, everything I drew was better than this. I mean, seriously, like, what what is happening here? Even if you just had, like, if I was the president of Capcom or whoever was in charge of marketing, and they brought this to me, I would be like, you know what, guys? Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to have a blue, a baby blue box with you see that Mega Man logo at the very top, we're just gonna make that real big right in the middle, and it's just a blue box with a yellow Mega Man right in the middle, and that would have been way better than this atrocious piece of garbage that is on the front of this game. Well, like he's holding a gun in his hand, but like no, his there's no gun. Arm is a cannon. <laughs> he doesn't have a gun. Like it. Come and on. Where, and why is he yellow? Like, why does he have yellow on him? And the helmet doesn't even like. Is he? Is he like? Is he have a skull like the the elephant man? Like, what happened? So I, I love what Axplato Seven just said in the chat. One megabit memory, more like yeah. one megabit of artistic ability. <laughs> Apparently, I I don't know if it's in the Wikipedia article here. Um, I didn't look at it. Uh, if it said anything about the um, the box art. Because here's the thing, the game is great, and I understand, like, when I played it, you know, me and, and Rampage were talking while I was playing that, it like, Mega Man 2 is still one of those games that is, even though Mega Man is not a, a, an official Nintendo mascot, he is to me, because, you know, Mega Man 2 is, like, up there in the top five to ten best NES games there are. So I think of Mega Man, I instantly think Nintendo. Like, he's just as much of a Nintendo character as Mario or Zelda. Um, oh, yeah, it says something about here. Bad box art Mega Man has become a playable character in Street Fighter X Tekken. <laughs> I have to see this. Wow. But honestly, I think that's probably what happened to this game. This box, if I saw this box art in the store, I wouldn't buy this game. Would you? 
Well, advertising is really important. I mean, that's why movie posters are still a big deal. You look at a cover, like the cover is supposed to be enticing. And if you're a kid, I mean, it, if I were a kid and I saw that, I would not want to play it. No. And I, you know, the box art for Mega Man 2 is is really good. It's colorful. It's it's bright. It looks like Mega Man. And, <clears throat> you know, that that's one of those games you, you know, even as a kid, I never bought Mega Man 2. It, that was a rental because I didn't actually get my NES till 88. And by that time, Mega Man 2 was uh, was already out. And it was one of the very earliest games that I had actually rented. Like, I didn't have a lot of money as a kid, so a lot of my games were rentals. And I had to wait until Christmas or birthdays to get games. So Mega Man 2 was a multiple rental. And that game is so good, even to this day. Like, it's just one of the most perfect side-scrolling platformers ever made. And when I went back and played this, like, and, and I don't even remember if playing this before Mega Man 2 as a kid. I don't even think I played this until after I had played Mega Man 2 and then played Mega Man 1 and was, like, kind of disappointed. Because it does feel like an alpha version of Mega Man 2. Because... You know, just recently I, I reviewed and, and defeat and beat Mega Man 11. And all the stuff that you love about Mega Man is in there. Like all the different weapons, the uh, the slide, which was really important. Uh, the slide mechanic. Like everything you love about Mega Man is in that game. But you go back to this first one, it just feels unfinished. Like, And another thing that really bugged me about the game is... You know, it, it's like playing rock, paper, scissors, just like all the other Mega Man games where, you know, you Iceman, uh, you get the ice weapon to defeat Fireman or vice versa, that type of stuff. And, of course, you get to the end of the game, you defeat all the bosses, you beat all six bosses, then you got, go to Dr. Wily's castle and you have to defeat all the bosses again. And my problem with this game is, you know, you don't have the slide and most of the the weapons that you would think would work on certain bosses like you know using the ice blast on fireman you would think that would be like a one or two hit thing like it is in mega man 2 if you do the correct order in mega man 2 you can take out the bosses in like one or two hits with the right weapon and that's what makes mega man so awesome as you feel so ridiculously overpowered sometimes but this game like i felt so severely underpowered in this game because like even the 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 weapons that you would use against certain bosses really don't work that well and i found out you know i i did do the uh the glitch the pause glitch on um the yellow devil to get through him uh with the electric weapon and i found out you can do the same thing with Iceman <laughs> towards the end of the game so i i kept trying that trick <clears throat> on every boss I came across to see if I could get through the game quicker. Um, but I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's not a bad game at all. But I'm just saying if you are if you go back all the way, because this is actually part of uh, the Mega Man Legacy Collection, which I got not too long ago. Uh, and I did play it on the Switch some. And I do have to say I like it a lot better on the Switch because it does have a rewind capability. On it, so I I'm gonna say if you're gonna play Mega Man One, play it on the Switch, because you do get that rewind ability if you fall off a ledge or 
you know, you get knocked off a ledge, which there that was, the knockback in this game is atrocious. Like getting knocked off of ledges and and sometimes just completely jumping through platforms, like just glitching out and jumping through platforms to your death. So it it's a great game to go back and play. Like I said, you can't go wrong with a Capcom NES game. And like I said, this is the the very first Mega Man game. So you're gonna go back and it it just feels unfinished. If that makes any sense. It makes me think, it's interesting you bring that up because there are several franchises that I can think of that too, you know, most notably Sonic, because I played Sonic 2 before I played Sonic 1. Going back and playing the first one, it felt almost like a beta version of Sonic 2. Yeah. Same thing with, with Crash Bandicoot. I played the second one before I went back and played the first one. Yeah. And it's, it's good that sequels build on the foundation that the original set yeah. but again that's also the drawback of playing the sequel first yeah. then going back and playing the original because you're like what 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 do i do because like in sonic one you don't have the spin dash attack yeah. and you get so used to it that when you don't have it you're like oh crap what do yeah. i do well the story behind mega man 2 is you know mega man 1 really didn't sell all that much but the, the creators of the game knew they had something special on their hands, so they actually were given the okay to work on Mega Man 2 in their off time. Um, when they were done with all their other work, they could stay after work and work on Mega Man 2. So Mega Man 2 was literally a labor of love. Like They, they made that game in their off time and ended up... because. Like I said, you you play Mega Man 1 and you're just like, man, I wish this was part of the game or I wish this you could do this. And I, you can tell that when they made Mega Man 2, they're like, all right, everything that we wanted in the first game, we're going to fix it in the second one. And yeah. the second one, and I could definitely tell, like in the first game, the colors are a little more muted in the game, like the actual color palettes. And the second game, it's way more colorful the bosses are way more, um, a little more interesting looking. So you can tell a lot more love went into Mega Man 2, and it ended up being one of the best video games of all time. So, you know, like 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 I say, that this is a good game. It's not great. Mega Man 2 is great. But this one is still, I would say, I mean, it belongs in your Nintendo collection. Um, there's nothing wrong with the game, but it's just one of those things where, like, the sequels are better, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things that you got to appreciate the foundation that the original laid, because Mega yeah. Man 2 wouldn't have been what it was if not for Mega Man 1. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why that's like you, we both said it. It sort of feels like you're playing an alpha or a beta of what it eventually became and it's still fun but man it's hard holy crap it's a hard game and i, I played it oh man it was trying to get through uh all the bosses at the end to get to dr wiley on one health bar was uh starting to make me want to if i had hair i would have ripped it out <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, it's a good game. The music's still good, but you can tell it's like you play Mega Man 1, then you go to Mega Man 2, and it's like it's Mega Man 1 on steroids. Like the music's more more pumping and just like enemies are, are, are a little better. But, you know, I wouldn't it's, go out it's of like the, um It's like the Wizard of Oz reference where at the beginning Dorothy is in Kansas yeah. in black and white yeah. and then steps into color. <laughs> Like I said, if you're going to play this, I would rather, I would suggest getting the uh, the Mega Man Legacy Collection on Switch. And I think it's only like 10 or 12 bucks. It's not that expensive. And you get like Mega Man like 1 through 6, I think, Well, with that. And it, and like I said, you get the, the rewind ability, you get save states, um, and you know, you get to play it on the Switch. So... That's the way I would recommend playing it. If you come across it at a flea market or whatever and you can get it for a good price, I'd say add it to the collection, but it's not necessary. Mega Man 2 is a necessity for an any yeah. NES collection. But I, the only reason I don't even really like to ha have this game is just that box art so ugly. <laughs> uh, imagine some. I bet someone has this in poster form hanging up in their home. I wonder if the original piece still exists somewhere. If some Capcom I wonder how much it would be worth. If some Capcom employee actually has this somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be interesting to find out. I want to know who made this. Because <laughs> I'm like, how much did you get paid for that? And uh are you proud <laughs> of your work? <laughs> because it's awful. <laughs> I'd be like, I would like to report a robbery because, like, how much did you get paid? Yeah. Uh, 10 grand? I'd like to arrest you for stealing 10 grand from Capcom. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't even really need to talk about the plot of the game. It's the same plot for every single Mega Man game. So, yeah. you know, it's just you. It, the whole point of the game is to figure out the best, uh, you know, the best combination to go through the bosses. And then, of course, go to Dr. Wily's castle. You fight your two big bosses, or two big sub-bosses. Then you go through all the re the regular bosses again. Then you play Dr. Wily. It's the same format for every single Mega Man game. So if that's your thing, this was the beginning. This was the start of it here. And like I said, if you're going to play it, just get the just get the Mega Man Legacy Collection. Yep. So And I, as a number grade, I, I mean, I'll give it a 7. It's not bad. It's not great. I think but, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't look great. I mean, it still looks good, but like I said, it's way more muted, like the color palette for this game. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. It's not great. So, that's, yeah, that's I mean, pretty all, much all I got to say. All franchises have to start somewhere. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about it. I did have a lot of fun playing it, though. Um, and thank you for everybody that stuck with me um while i played it. it took me i think roughly about three hours to beat it and Holy um, crap. yeah i mean the that last slog trying to get to dr wiley on one health is man it's uh it's that's tough that's that's the tough fight right there because they don't fill they don't fill your uh your health bar at all going through that last slog man that's rough. But uh, but what are you going to be reviewing next week? 
So next week, I'll be reviewing the other half of the tie from my Patreon poll. I will be reviewing the original Crash Bandicoot for PlayStation. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah, Rampage said Yellow Devil didn't take me long. Yeah, once you you learn that... uh, that glitch it's pretty easy I, I will say to to average husband i appreciate the compliment on my name average husband what did he say <laughs> uh he said Derek diamond sounds like a porn name <laughs> of course it does <laughs> i've i've heard that one on, on a few occasions um but yeah anything else you want to throw out there before we leave this evening Yeah, just as always, check out the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. New episodes drop every Thursday on all podcasting platforms. Uh, This week, I'm actually in as a nice little tie-in to the Hamilton musical being released on Disney+. Plus. I'm re-releasing a roundtable I did about the Hamilton show. And it's funny because we actually talked about there possibly being a Hamilton movie. (laughs) And now there's going to be one on Disney+. Plus. So... Um, I'll be re-releasing that this week. I'm kind of taking a bit of a mini vacation. Uh, I'm still going to be releasing episodes over the next couple of weeks, but you know, they're ones a combination of having stored in the can and re-releasing old movie discussions that you know newer listeners may not have heard. Yeah, well, that's cool. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, well, don't forget that uh, tomorrow night on this same Twitch channel. Uh, we'll be doing the Open Micers podcast at 7 o'clock p.m. Central. And then on Sunday, I will be, uh, I'll be um, streaming something else <laughs> at 4 o'clock Central. Not sure what I'm doing yet, but I'm sure it will be NES. Something NES. Well, and also, let me pull up the proper name so I don't get this wrong. But okay. for those who are watching live at 9 o'clock, Jason and myself will be participating in retro video game trivia. Yes. And also participating will be the official fact checker of the Nerd Cave Retro Show, Wally Phelps, and who I like to call the fact checker to the fact checker, yes. Tyler Watson. This is going to be incredible. Oh, it's going to be fun. Like I'm, yeah. Uh, just search The Jagged Show on YouTube, and we'll be uh, broadcasting at 9 p.m. Central Time. So if you're watching this live in just under an hour. Fantastic. So it should be fun. Uh, well, we're going to go ahead and get out of here, and I will play our music here. Uh, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. And of course, individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're at Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And of course, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We can go throw us a buck a month or two or three or five, whatever you feel like. And keep us above that $50 level so that we can keep putting out the extra episodes like the commentary tracks every single month for you guys if you can't do that can't leave us a buck i understand times are hard go leave us a review wherever pine pine podcasts wherever fine podcasts are given away for free so derek please tell them what it's all about may the way of the hero lead to the triforce Master Blaster runs by the town. You blow it!